Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name is Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm quite well. It's a sunny day, so we mustn't complain. What about you? Yeah, good. Just been doing some exercise after I've had my dinner. Partying? So yes, yes. So I'm uh, just sitting here sweating now. That's nice. That sounds nice. That's a nice vivid image for the listeners. Nice bit of imagery to go along with the listening. Excellent. Well, that Um, sounds joyous. Truly joyous. Okay, today we are here to discuss number 53 on the Metacritic Top 100 list. Number 53 is, dramatic pause, Devil May Cry. And Devil May Cry scored 94 on average from our critics. And it was released for the PlayStation 2 in 2001. So fairly early PlayStation 2 title here. Um... Off the top of the, uh, off the top of your head, the head. What were your, off the top of, off with your head. Off with my what head. What were your, what were your overall thoughts? This game made me want to cut off my own head. Wow. Uh, yeah, this <laughs> no, it, it, it wasn't really for me. I, I didn't really, I didn't really drive with this game. Uh, I think you probably had a feeling that I wouldn't going into it. It isn't the kind of thing that I'm really into. Um, I played it all the way through and got to the end just to say that I'd done it, but nah, you do it again. I didn't really enjoy it, to be fair. But it's it's interesting. It's certainly a quirky title on the list. Um, and I know that this game series has got quite a few um, quite a few entrances and was... Was it like a... Not a remake, but they rebooted it, didn't they? About eight or nine years ago with the guy with the short hair yeah so this game had devil may cry one two and three um released during the playstation 2 era and then we had devil may cry 4 which was released on the 360 and ps3 and then as you mentioned there was dmc which was done by ninja theory i think it was um with the redesigned Dante, it's still Dante, but it's just um, different, different version. character design. Yeah, and then they um, they got a bit of backlash for that one, so they came back strong with Devil May Cry Five, um, which you can play on most things these days, most consoles. So yeah, this this um, a bit of background here. We did uh, we, we did schedule this episode much 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 earlier in the list i think maybe around 20 somewhere around there and we both started playing it but i think at the time we just i don't know what it was we just couldn't get on with it um even though i've completed this game before i think it was just at that time it wasn't the right game so this this episode is a long time coming um and so your history of the series have you have you played any of the the other games zero i know I know that, like I said, that there are a few entrances into the series and that there was a reboot about eight or nine years ago. But other than that, I don't know anything about Devil May Cry other than that the protagonist is called Dante and he likes pizza. That's about <laughs> it. And it's about Teenage devils. mutant ninja turtles. Yes, very style. much so. But other than that, no experience. How about you? First game I played in the Devil May Cry series was Devil May Cry 4 and I played that on my PS3. And I actually really enjoyed that. Um, Then I went back and played Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3. Um, And I played DMC as well. I've not got around to playing the new one yet. So I have completed Devil May Cry before, as I said. Um, This is my second time completing it, so it's not like I've got an abundance of experience with this. I'm not... uh, not, I mean, some players literally master this game to within an inch of its life, and that's not me. That won't be the game no that I'm discussing die mode for you. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of our background with the game. 
And where did you play this game for I, this? I started it originally on the Switch, uh, which is where I started playing it last time we tried to play this game. But I, I couldn't really get on with it. I don't know why. I think I knew this was a, a PlayStation game originally. So I ended up going back to get it on the um, on the PlayStation Store in the HD collection. Um, so I ended up playing it. Up, ended up playing it on the PlayStation, um, which I preferred to the Switch. I, I quite like playing a number of games on Switch, but this was one that I really struggled with in terms of just clicking with it on Switch. I don't Generally know. Generally speaking, you you play you play your Switch in handheld, don't you? Yeah, usually. Yeah, because I played it. I played it in Switch on Switch in. Um, in docked mode. Mm. Actually, the Switch version is very good. Um, they did. They they made some nice. I think it's probably the same version, isn't it? No, I think the Switch version, based on what I read going into this, um, I think they made some upgrades to it. So actually, you're you're probably playing the less good version. Oh, superb! <laughs> Not they made much difference, but um, they. <clears throat> I mean, I think the the difference is. Are probably things that laymen like us wouldn't pick up, but yeah, um, I did see articles around the time of the Switch games release saying, "Is this the definitive edition of Devil May Cry now?" Because obviously, it's not really, it's not that available for a game. It's, it's um, you can get it on certain consoles, but it's not. Um, pretty sure it hasn't come over to the Series X or PS5 yet. But there's probably ways that you can play it. Yeah, I, d- I didn't even look to try and play it on my PS5. To be honest with you, just because I had a feeling that it wouldn't be on there, so I didn't look. Um, but it was yeah. it was it was fine on the Pro. It ran all right. I mean, my PS4 Pro there's sounds probably, like it. There's probably no major differences. They're, they're probably both. I mean, I wonder if it's to do with the consistency of the frame rate. I don't know. Maybe. But, I mean, yeah. it, it made my PS uh, PS4 sound like it was, um, you know, taking off as most games do on the PS4 <laughs> Pro. But um, other than that, I it ran can't quite even bear to play my PS4 Pro anymore because of that. It's yeah. so loud. You'll have to join the PS5 club. Yeah, I just play everything on my Series X at the moment. I'll yeah. get I'll, I'll I'll get the PS5 when games come out on it. One day. Yeah, and say I mean, like you could say the same for the Series X. I could say I the mean, same for the PS5. I've got one, but I haven't got any games for it. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's very slow at the moment with releases and and COVID's contributed to that. So, can't blame developers. It's just Quite. the situation we're in. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, interesting, more interesting discussion about the version than I thought we'd have. Um, so, a bit of history about Devil May Cry itself, released in two thousand and one for the PS two. Now, anyone that knows anything about Resident Evil four. Will know that before that game was released, it underwent a number of revisions, reworkings. I think they started from scratch a few times as well. Um, and there's different versions of that game. So there's the Fog version, there's the Hookman version, there's there's another version as well, I think. So there's various versions of that game. And apparently, Devil May Cry was born as a version of Resident Evil 4. And... I did wonder director. about that. I, I, so I read your notes um, just before we started recording, and I saw that you mentioned Resident Evil on there, and it was funny because as I was going around, because like like I said, I don't really know much about Devil May Cry, but particularly towards the start of the game, I was getting really heavy Resident Evil vibes, and the only Resident Evil game I played is Resident Evil Four, and that was for the podcast. But I was picking up some really heavy likeness, and obviously it's a Capcom game, so. You know, it's understandable, but it felt like there was more to it, like the the scenario and the camera angles, and you know, having to find keys to go through different doors, etc., etc. There were quite a lot of links that I picked up on. So when I saw that you noted down something about Resident Evil, I was like, okay, maybe there is a there is a link there. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. So I think the director is Hideki Kamiya, and he has gone on to Platinum Games, I believe, and um. Yeah, he was developing Resident Evil 4 and he started working on all these action sections and obviously this very action-based gameplay. And rather than it just being cancelled or morphing into the Resident Evil 4 that we know, um, what Capcom did was say, well, why don't we split it out into two games? And Devil May Cry became its own thing. I find that really interesting. It just um, doesn't often happen. I mean, you hear 
so many stories about games changing in development, but you very rarely hear that a game actually becomes two games. And I find that really interesting. So Kamiya made this very action-based Devil May Cry game. And as you mentioned, there are, there are many things that the original Devil May Cry inherits from Resident Evil as a series. And even, even things, for example, it's got uh, fixed camera angles. Even Resident Evil 4 has a behind-the-shoulder camera angle, so it inherits that from the older Resident Evil games. And then, as you say, the keys and collecting things and unlocking doors, and you, you're you're walking around this big castle. gothic castle. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, you, you can really see um, what it takes from the Resident Evil series. But the gameplay itself... Very different. It's very, 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 very different. And I think, well, with future Devil May Cry entries, they got more and more away from that. So they started developing it as its own thing. And it because, because what they did with Devil May Cry, which I do really appreciate, is they created this, this world, which was believable. I mean, it's a world that I think many fans fell in love with. It's a world that you could create comic books from quite easily because it's got a lot of lore and it's, it's got a lot It's very anime. Of, yeah, it's it's very it's very there's there's a lot of depth to it, and there's a lot of uh, backstory between characters and stuff that's not even mentioned really in the game, but kind of nodded towards. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very strange game, and I just I just want to <laughs> I want to see what your take on this is. Can you can you uh, try and give me the plot in one minute? Yeah, I mean the plot itself, it kind of starts off and gives you an inkling as to where it's going and the plot just falls off and then it kind of comes back midway and then towards the end but the plot is you play as Dante who is like a, a devil hunter uh, and he is the son of someone called Sparda so not Sparta, Sparda uh, who's like a legendary demon devil hunter and this woman called Trish who is a demon comes in um attacks dante and so oh no just kidding it's fine this was a test uh you know that big demon that killed your family 20 years ago well he's come back and i know where he is he's on mallet island so let's go over there so then they go over there and then you explore this castle where um is it mundoon mundu mundus mundus that's it where mundus is um, and you go through different kind of mini bosses of his minions uh, until you reach him and then you destroy him and Trish turns out to have betrayed you. She is working for Mundus uh, but then for some reason Dante forgives her because she looks like his mum and then she dies, then she comes back to life and you've got the best line in video games ever. I should have filled your dark soul with light which was... A laugh, and they live happily ever isn't after. It, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? I should have been the one to feel your dark soul with light. Yeah, that's, that's so. Because I think that changes the meaning a bit. It sounds a bit <laughs> innuendo-y. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then at the end of the game, Mundus is dead, and they start up a new devil hunting firm called Devil Never Cry. Yeah, Devil Never Cry. And yeah. that's basically it. It's at the start, it's plot heavy, and then it just kind of falls off, and then you'll pick up bits and bobs throughout. Yeah, there's stuff going. There's stuff going on throughout, and there's some stuff that is referenced here that isn't really fleshed out until future games. Mm. Um, like you've got Virgil, who is in this game, is Nello Angelo. And the one that you uh, uh, is he the one that you kill? You get the big sword off. Yeah, so that's that's Dante's half brother. Right. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a nod to that as well. And then as you're walking around the castle, again, Resident Evil vibes. You can interact with objects, and you'll get like commentary from Dante, in in the form of text, as you would in a Resident Evil game. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting one, in, uh, certainly from a, a kind of what it is, and we still haven't really gone over what it is so so devil may cry it's an action game set in a gothic world it's kind of like an action horror game and you've got quite a few levels 
many of which can be completed in five to ten minutes, um, if that. And you blast through, you're fighting lots of enemies, it's very action-heavy, it's very much about combos. You're graded on your combos, and you're graded on the time you take to complete the level. And sometimes it will be about progressing to the next, next area, sometimes it will be defeating a boss, and then at the end of the level you get a grade, and um, you get a score. And you can, um, you can then spend your points on items that will help you in future levels, which you will end up doing. Or upgrades. Um, yeah, or upgrades. And yeah, it's, it's, it's structurally, it was a very new thing, actually. It was, it, this game, they say, spawned a genre, which was the same genre as things of other Devil May Cry games, obviously, but also things like Bayonetta. God um, of War are, as well games. was quite similar to it. Yeah, uh, yeah God of War combat. as well, that's another one. Um, they took the combos out in God of War. Uh, well, not they took the 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 score system out of God of War, and they took the timer out. Um, but yeah, it's um, in terms of the the combat system, it was very much spawned from Devil May Cry. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting, and and I think that's right. I mean, I, people do say it spawned a genre, and I can't really think of anything that resembled it. I'm um, before then. I mean, the only thing that you can kind of say maybe, and this is what. I watched Matthew Matosis's three-hour video <laughs> before recording this, where he completes the game without losing any health on Dante Must Die mode, um, getting S rank all the way through, which is insane. Ridiculous. Yeah, and it and it it's well worth a watch because number one, he just gives really interesting detail about the game. Number two, it's just a feat of skill, and he he said there that Camille was heavily inspired by arcade games. So this game is inspired by the combat games of old where you maybe would uh, fight and then you complete the level and then you put credits in and then you progress to yeah, the next level. Yeah, you can tell that that, um, that element to it is there big time. Just like with, It's like an arcade beat-em-up, but not. It's got elements of it. Yeah, it's kind of like a 3D Streets of Rage, maybe. Yeah, to some extent. It's a weird one. It is, and and you can tell that in terms of the difficulty as well. So, like an arcade game, difficulty really ramps up as you play, and there are some yeah. sections that <laughs> can be very frustrating. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a very strange game, and I I was I was surprised getting the notes together because I didn't realize it actually came out in two thousand and one. I thought maybe early two thousand and two or something, but it's it's quite an early PS two game, really. Um, so yeah, and you can see a big difference graphically between it and Resident Evil 4, for example. Yeah, um, big time. Okay, on to our ever-present section, which will be more relevant than ever here, I think, which is Gameplay is King. Um, I think we're going to have an interesting talk about this one. So is it fun to play? Yeah, I, I think the the way that the game is put together, i.e. it's done in like five to ten minute levels, really lends itself to the gameplay. Because... The gameplay can be quite exhausting, especially if you're going into areas where there's a lot of combat. And the combat is really the the biggest point in this game. Like the platforming the kind of sucks. Um and it, it's here or there. You've got some underwater sections which I despised. Um I thought they were really bad. But the combat is where the kind of the, the meat of the game is. And it's a twenty year old game, so I thought the combat was quite janky. If I was very janky, but it worked, and you you kind of see the improvement as your skills improve. So as you get better at the game, it gets more fun. Um, so overall, I'd say yes, but I think there's a bit of a caveat there that it's not one of those things that you just want to blast through in a few hours. It's a short game, but you probably want to take your time over it a little bit. Otherwise, it can get quite tiring. Is what I'd say. Yeah, I've got quite a few thoughts on on the gameplay. It's funny because <laughs> I picked up from my old save file because obviously we started this game months ago. Yeah. Um, and I got to maybe level five or something, not far. I thought oh, I'll just pick up from there, just play it from there. <laughs> and I and I started right on a boss that I think you were taught how to do in the level before. Had you and forgotten? I complete. Yeah, it was. It wasn't even a boss. It was like a sub boss, which is yeah. the uh, like the lion thing that jumps around everywhere oh yeah um yeah so it's, it's it was that and 
I started on that level and I was getting really annoyed because I'd forgotten how to do it and I was just thinking this thing won't die and it was it was really frustrating me and um, this is not a game um, for anyone that's interested this is not a game that you can just pick up and play like that this isn't Call of Duty Modern Warfare it's a get good game can play. yeah it's not entertaining it's not like a Friday I always say Friday night popcorn yeah film yeah like that kind of thing it's not that film that you watch on a friday night it's um yeah it, it demands something of you and if you're not committed you're not going to make it to the end um so yeah there's definitely a bit of a, a difficulty curve to it and m- my biggest problem with the combat is not the combat itself i think they did make it more fluid but it's got nice animation it is very very deep i mean like like i said matthew matosis's video the stuff that you can do in it is unbelievable um but my biggest problem and the thing that they improve most in following games is the camera yeah the camera, the camera you're with that a lot and, and sometimes you're fighting things that are off the screen yeah and that they did combat this with um having sound cues for the enemies but it really requires you to know you've got to learn the how they that, operate haven't you yeah, otherwise you're just going to die over and over again. And I think that's partly the point of this game, so that so that you you learn. If you want to learn this game properly, you have to. It's to do with repetition. Yeah, 100%. and so there's that, and then then there's the platforming, like you say. Platforming again is not helped by the by the camera angle. Something like Resident Evil works with that camera angle because it's very slow paced, but. With the speed that you're supposed to complete levels with, with the speed of the gameplay in Devil May Cry, it doesn't really lend itself very nicely to that camera. And I mean, I quite a few times, countless times even, I'd run onto a screen and then end up turning back around, running back to the old screen, back to the new screen. And yeah, it's just, I'd say that the camera system has not aged well. And what was probably acceptable in 2001 feels very very cumbersome now um but yeah i'd say generally speaking it's enjoyable well, i think and i'd say well i was gonna say i think there's some confusion because you just um confusion with the game's identity because you just mentioned like speed is a lot of what this game is like getting through the levels fast but it's it's so strange because it just switches so fast i mean you watch the the opening cut scene and it's a woman that comes in um, throws a sword through Dante, electrocutes him, then throws her motorbike at him, and he then just shoots it back at her, and he's just like, "Yeah, not a problem." But then, <laughs> two minutes later, you start the first level, and the atmosphere in the castle is like really th- that's a thick atmosphere. Yeah, and I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's it's funny because I, I quite like the music in this game, and particularly in the first uh, first section, it's. It's not even a Creepy. soundtrack. It's just um, like a Ambient. droning, I'd say. Yeah. And the game goes from trying to have a very thick atmosphere to them being guns blazing, electro metal music. It's just weird. It's just really it strange. Is. And part of it is like, oh, you need to go through this caref- uh, this castle carefully and destroy these creepy little marionettes that are coming at you. But then at the same time, it's like, but do it fast and collect all the orbs. It's really weird. This is my, I think this is my big, because this game is for some people. It really is for some yeah, people. Yeah, big time. But this, this is my big thing with it. I like to, especially these kind of games where there is a thick atmosphere, and there is. Um, and it's in, this is a game where you can interact with incidental objects in the environment mm. and get a bit of backstory. But if you're playing fast, you're not going to do that. So this is a game that, on the one hand, they've taken the time to create this atmosphere, but on the other hand, yeah, you, you, you're graded down for being slow. Um, and in this kind of game, like horror games, I like to play slowly at my own pace and just breathe in the atmosphere, but I felt like I couldn't hear. So it was at odds with me as a player, even though I do appreciate a lot of the things that it did, and I could see there were moments where it flashes through and I could see what it was trying to achieve. Um, but this is a game that I came out of thinking I get some enjoyment out of it and I can see what they were trying to do, but I would have preferred, I mean, I, I much prefer the God of War style 
where they take away the score system. Yeah. And there's still some some challenge in there. I mean, challenge of the gods and stuff like that, which can be really challenging. But they take out the timer. It's, it's a very Japanese allowed... thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just strange for, for that time. And as the games progressed, they kind of got further and further away from that really thick atmosphere. Mm. And it lent itself more to that action gameplay. But it's a very strange... Um, antithesis between yeah the, the atmosphere and, and the environments and the gameplay um i also wanted to mention in terms of the levels i think you're right i don't know if you kept doing this but i get to the end of the level and i just think just do one more because they're so short and you just think i just get through one more and uh i did that for maybe four or five levels a day just um going through because it, it's quite addictive in its own way um it's a funny game. It was, Very strange. I, I felt I felt a little bit similar, but I think it's just because I wanted to get through it and I wanted to finish it, not because I was like, "Oh, I'm really enjoying this." I just kind of wanted to, yeah, to push through. Mine wasn't entirely um, out of addiction. It was a, it was about progressing as well. Yeah. But it was it was a strange thing because the levels are so short. You think oh, I'll play one level, but it becomes two or three because they are so short. Yeah. Um, again, it's a, it's a, it's a feeling that we've not really had much on this list and not many games have it um so do you have a favorite move that you used i think or favorite item or favorite yeah i mean weapon the because you kind of get different um melee weapons don't you and i think the one that you get once you beat do you say it's angelo the guy that turns out to be his brother yeah. I really enjoyed using that weapon, but I think it's learning how the devil triggers work with different weapons that's quite enjoyable. And if you use devil triggers at the right time, like it can really turn the tide for you, particularly if you're kind of hurting quite bad and you haven't got any more like healing items. The devil triggers can come in quite handy because obviously they help you restore health, but also will give you like a like a new kind of move like it can turn the tide of, of battle if you know what i mean yeah this game was balanced yeah for, for players to use devil trigger you're supposed to use it and and you need to use it i mean i'm sure someone has done a no devil trigger playthrough but no thank you the, the, yeah the game the way the, the way the game was made you can tell that they intended you to use it yeah and like like nightmare the boss called nightmare I just don't really see how you do it without Devil Trigger. Um, I think probably my favourite weapon was Ifrit. Just getting up close and personal and boxing. Oh, like the, and, the fists. Yeah, and that that was the that was the um, the weapon that I tend tended to get Quite high powerful. scores on as well. Yeah, and there's there's some good um, charge up moves for that as well. So yeah, it's probably my favourite. Um, now we we've we've already kind of discussed the structure the world of devil may cry and i suppose the other thing is this is a very well this and it, and it is in many ways it's a very stylish game it's very influenced by things like the matrix and stuff like that yeah and you've got your um you've got your your wordings for your scores and stuff like that that come up on the screen and it's a game where you can look cool doing the things that you're doing and you've got the guns and you've got the sword play and yeah, it is a, it is a very, it was a very cool game when it came out, and Dante was a cool looking character. You've got the the metal soundtrack playing when you're fighting, and it was really tapping into that early two thousand stuff, and it's something that the, the, the series carried for, forward, which was this sense of style that it had. So, Devil May Cry was always a cool game. Uh, there are games that definitely aren't cool, but this was a cool game. Um, what do you think about that? I think. I was thinking about this earlier, and I think that this game tries very hard to be cool. It's a very try-hard game, and you know it's the the one-liners, and you know when Trish comes in for the first time and like smashes through the door on a motorbike, and Dante's like, "Whoa, chill, babe." I'm just, it just made me cr- it made me cringe a lot. This game, yeah. like a lot. And I can like I think Dante, his character design is interesting, and it is quite a cool design. And there are elements of this game where I'm like, yeah, okay, that's 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 decent. I like that. But 
a lot of the time, it, it just felt muddled. And it's what I was saying about the atmosphere. This game just, it just felt very muddled to me. Like parts of it are survival horror-esque and take your time. Whereas other parts are just kind of go gung-ho and destroy everything. And it just doesn't feel very balanced in that sense, which made me feel a little bit like it was lacking something, but I don't know what it was. It's got elements to it where I'm like, yeah, it's pretty pretty good, pretty cool. But other times it just left me, the writing left me cringing so hard. Oh, man. Do you remember when we, we discussed, I mean, we discussed the writing in Resi 4 as well. Yeah. And that had some really, really cringy lines as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if, if you look back to the, the writing in Resident Evil 1, I haven't played it, but I know that some of the writing in that game is famous for how bad it is. Um, there, There is a bit of um, a bit of background maybe to the voice acting here. Apparently, this game, the soundtrack or the, the voice track was never recorded in Japanese. So even if you were playing in Japan, you would hear the Western uh, voice track. Um, so all credits to Matthew Matosis here, he says um, that he thinks maybe that's got something to do with the fact that certain lines are delivered in such a melodramatic clumsy way and it's because they probably had Japanese directors directing western actors to deliver something a certain way not in their native language so um, I think that maybe shed some light on that I mean I don't know if it's conclusive but it it also could be resembling the times that it was released in As, as we said Resident Evil 4 came out years later and that still had some very clumsy dialogue. Yeah, very true. It's a weird one. Um, so what was your favourite area in this game in terms of the, the levels and the environments? I mean, a lot of the areas felt quite samey. And, you know, you had a few areas where it broke it up a little bit with the with the swimming sections, which, like I said, I hated. I quite liked towards the end um, where it really shook it up a little bit and the, the nightmare is becoming a bit more apparent because a lot of this game is just castle interior of a castle but then towards the end you you get into like is it like the heart of the the castle it's supposed to be hell is it supposed to be hell yeah and i thought that was quite an interesting place it was a little the bit underworld. different and you know you, you were going through these vessels where you had those little wiggly arms uh running out that you had to oh, shoot as you run by yeah they were a nightmare but i liked it because it just changed things up a little bit and made it a little bit different um but i'd say a lot of this game the areas they just felt very samey um it was like exploring the castle in resident evil 4 but for an entire game with a few bits and bobs here and there that are kind of thrown out do you know what i mean see i like the castle um that's probably my favorite bit but again as you said that's the bit that most most resembles a horror, and I'm a big fan of horror games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as it kind of gets away from there, I think I find myself enjoying the environments less and less, and you start to wonder why, why is there an arena like a coliseum here? Yeah. And it's bizarre. What? Why am I now running up mountains? And yeah, it's just it all, all in this Weird. one place. You've got all these things, and um, yeah, then you go to hell, which I. Yeah, I don't think it's the most imaginative rendition of hell. No. Um, so but it was yeah, just nice it's, to have it's, a change. Yeah, and and you're you're right. I mean, there is a certain style that this game goes for, and I think it's not helped. One thing that I find frustrating is that the bosses are repeated three times each. Yeah. It just feels. I mean. You get they get a few more moves each time, but it's it's the same tactic to beat them really. Like the weird, and weird one where you have to hit those like medallions on the side before it will open up. Yeah, this little nightmare. Sphere. Um, yeah, oh, it's annoying. It's just like a little blob. In the yeah, nightmares. So annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, I, it just felt like it was probably a game that was under a, a deadline and. Yeah. Well, it's it's the, under... it's the first in a series as well. So it was finding its feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's one of those things though that I would, I'd always rather them 
if it starts to get repetitive, which it does at times, and it does do things to change it up. Like you said, the the swimming sections is also um, there's kind of like Star Fox sections where you're um, doing things Star Fox style, and there's bits where the the castle's crumbling around you. There's a a plane section at the end. Yeah, and some of the boss fights, like the fight with Mundus, is very epic. So it's, uh, um, it's it's like an armrail shooter. Yeah, so there there is variation in there, but I feel like it's few and far between. When things get so repetitive, it's it's time to maybe take some things out. But then you start to take things out of this game, and you go from a five and a half hour game to maybe three a four hour game. Yeah. So I can understand. I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting with the length of this game compared to something like Resident Evil, which is fifteen twenty hours easily. So it just shows the difference in the production or the difference in the development of these games. And what a difference the speed that you play a game can make as well. Yeah, exactly. If you were if you were to play Resident Evil at a higher speed, you'd probably get through that much more quickly. But yeah, it's, definitely. I think they've got much better at balancing that stuff. But it's interesting. This is kind of a almost a prototype for what Devil May Cry would be. Um, okay, so we've talked about the, the we've talked about the uh, the sound the, the the soundtrack which is good and the voice track which is not so good. And what about visuals in terms of this game? Do you, I mean, this is a game from two thousand and one. Um, do you think it holds up? Not really. So some of the elements do. Um, I think some of the scenery is quite cool, and a, a lot of the scenery pops as well. It's quite a colourful game. Uh, when it wants to be but overall you can tell that this is early playstation 2 it it stands out and i mean that that doesn't put anything against you know against it because we're playing this game 20 years later but i think it's very obvious that this game is early ps2 gen um you, you could argue that maybe it actually no I was going to say you could argue that maybe it looks like it's a late PlayStation 1 game, but no, I don't think so. It looks no, a little bit too crisp for that. I think it looks better than things like GTA 3, um, which came out very early in the PS2 life cycle. But yeah, I don't think it, uh, Same I don't year, think it I think. looks as good as... Yeah, well, because uh, GTA 3 came out with the PlayStation 2, didn't it? Mm. And remember in Europe, PS2 came out later, but it originally released in late 2000. So mm, yeah. that would have come out in late 2000. Because um, we talked about that with the Majora's Mask episode, didn't we? Yes. About that yeah. releasing a week before the PS2. Um, yeah, so I think that then if you look at it compared to something like MGS2, I think MGS2 looks a lot better. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it, it, it does it does well with what it's got. And I do like the use of colours. But I agree, the textures are pretty muddy and pretty um, unconvincing. I really like the animation. I think it animates really nicely. But yeah, it's not... Um, I wouldn't say that it's aged very well. It looks a bit creaky. It's showing its age. Yeah, creaky the is the word I'd use. <laughs> Creaking at the seams. Um, okay, so I mean, we've kind of gone over this. Maybe, maybe we'll talk a bit more about it in our wrap-up, but... Devil May Cry is this is this strange genre mashup, horror and action, and I was just thinking I was just thinking for the question of the week. Do you can you think of any other strange genre mashups like this, or are there any that you'd like to see? Um, I don't. That, that's that's a question that take quite a lot of thinking. I'm just trying to think of stuff off the top of my head. Well, let, let me let me give you some of my answers, yeah, and uh, you you have some you have some time to think. Yeah. So, I'm a big fan of the very very few games of the this genre mashup, um, which is I mean I like horror games and I like RPGs, and you get you get a few horror RPGs, and there are some very good ones. Now there's um there's the Shadow Heart series and the predecessor to those Kadelka and the Parasite Eve series as well. And I suppose you could say things like Bloodborne have very much horror elements and they're, they're RPGs. Um, Soul Reaver So I well. really like it. Yeah, well, that's kind of... Um, I suppose that's a horror adventure. 
mm. if you yeah because it's 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 like a Zelda structure, isn't it? Yeah, Legacy of Cain, PS One game, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I I think. I think I like the, the way with RPGs that the that the combat systems work, and the way that there's a focus on towns and. Um, different characters and just the world building of RPGs but then you introduce this horror element and the atmosphere of a horror game and it does some really interesting things and I would pick up any semi-decent horror RPG there's just so few of them Um, and when I say horror they're not straight horrors they're not strict horrors but they're horror themed RPGs and I think it's it's a really interesting genre and all the games that I've played within that genre I found really interesting. So um, that's that's my personal pick. Um, so more of those, please, from developers. That'd be great. How about you? If you're listening, developers, which I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Um, I'm really struggling to think, to be honest with you. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a little bit dead in the head today. What, what, are, two, what are two genres that you like? Uh, I, I also like RPGs I mean... on occasion. And... I'm trying to think of games that I've enjoyed recently. I mean, I like I like I like uh, stealth action stealth games, but we have games like that with like MGS Five. Um, although it isn't very much like an RPG, but it is like an open world stealth game, you know. Yeah. And I didn't end up liking other that games. very much. <laughs> there's other games in that genre. There's there's a game called Alpha Protocol, which is um, stealth RPG. It's really I really like it. It's a it's a cult game. Um, that wasn't received that well upon release, but yeah, it's uh, I find it very enjoyable. But I mean, things like shooters and horrors have been combined for years, and yeah. um, there are some that Dead still space. adhere. Yeah, and there are some that still adhere more more closely to. I mean, there are some very loosely horror shooters that play like shooters. There's things like the Fear series that very much are shooters, but they've got this horror dressing. That's, that makes them very atmospheric. Um, horror is a good one, but I mean, I, I suppose the other the other themes could be fantasy, sci-fi, and you get you get some of those as well. I think I just thought it was interesting. I think more licensed RPG s games like uh, with Kotor. Obviously, it's Star Wars. It's an RPG. It works. Um, and you've got I've only seen very few like snippets and bits of info and photos from it but that new harry potter rpg that's coming out looks interesting um we've mentioned it on the podcast before and we don't think it's going to do as well as it potentially could because of the whole thing with jk rowling but that it, it, it was still sell a lot of course yeah um but i think licensed titles when they're put into the right game genre really work but it's hard to do a licensed game right because there are so many bad ones yeah, out there. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I think it's very hard to distill what's in a film, for example, what's in um, a franchise yeah. into a game. Mm. And I mean, GoldenEye did it so well because it distilled James Bond into this first-person yeah. shooter. Um, but there are very few other ones that have worked, and James Bond kind of lends itself to that formula, whereas... Star Wars lends itself to an RPG quite quite nicely. Yeah. And other, I suppose, fantasy games or fantasy worlds do. But, yeah, I suppose there are some that... I mean, there, there are some absolute train wrecks when it comes to licensed games as well. Um, well with ET I just thought it was interesting because... almost destroyed the entire game industry. Although that was well, in like you, you can't do much more damage than that. Yeah, cool. Um, I just thought it's interesting because I think... A lot of this episode has been us Moaning. saying that this game is is kind of a patchwork of several things, and it's very hard to kind of uh, define it yeah. in a way. So, and that's to do with its genre mashup and its background as a series or as a game. Um, it's it's a very unusual type of game, and I was trying to delve a bit more into that. So, anyway. On to our conclusion. Devil May Cry, number 53 on the list, with a score of 94. Does it deserve its spot on the list? No, I don't think so. It, it's a fun little game. 
if you're into this kind of genre. And I know that there are a lot of people that hold a really, that Devil May Cry holds a really significant place for them. But for me, to put it in line with some of the best games of all time, and as we've said, there are quite a few games on here that definitely aren't some of the best games of all time. But I don't think it deserves to be in that company. It's fine. It's a, it's an interesting game and it's a quirky game, but I don't think it's one of the top 100 games of all time. Um, and I'm pretty certain on my standpoint on that one. Um, it's it's not for me, and that's fine. But looking at it with more of a, um, you know, like a an outside view, even then I'd be like, no, not really. It invents a few things and it, it's it's interesting, but not top 100 material what about you i think to a certain subsection of fans of this game they would probably say it absolutely is yeah matthew matosius i'm sure he would say oh and no, i don't know i don't know him personally he's not it's not my well, power get him on the phone like that, but <laughs> get him on now as a as a special guest appearance surprise for you or no it's not happening <laughs> yeah so i'm sure some people who have mastered this game who've maybe played this when they were younger and spent countless hours playing but i didn't i didn't mention this um i played this game back in 2000 or 2002 maybe maybe 2003 um, i'd heard good things about it i picked it up and started playing it got to the puppets and back then i was like nope no don't like puppets <laughs> and then never played it again and sold it this in fact seeing as you mentioned this this seems like one of those games if you played it when you were younger it's one of those things that you'll absolutely love and you'll adore it and you'll defend it. But if unless you're playing you like it, me who just dropped it. Well, yeah, unless you get to the marionettes and decide, nope. Um, but I feel that this is one of those games that if you grew up with, it will hold a very special place for you. But coming into it fresh with no history with this game, I think it's quite difficult to kind of get on the bandwagon with it. Same with Metal Gear Solid playing MGS1 for the first time when you've got yeah. no experience with the other games. It's difficult, it's hard. Yeah, and um, I think you're right. I think if you were a certain age to really appreciate it at that time, you'd have got a lot out of it, but I wasn't... Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't for me back then. And uh, like I said, to a certain subsection of people, it absolutely does deserve to be there, and they've spent countless hours mastering it. I've not done that. Um, my issue... I just don't like being rushed. I find... A game is funda- fundamentally rushing me through it. Um, it's just, and and I'm I'm not I don't tend to be someone that plays for scores and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes I'll play for achievements, getting platinums and stuff like that, just as a challenge to myself. Yeah. But it has to be on my terms. It doesn't when the game is constantly challenging me like that. I just don't need it. Um, so, but like I said, I do see flashes of what it was trying to do, and I and I, and I think the following games did it better for me. Um, I know a lot of people still have, have a very fond place for the original game, but I mean, I much prefer um, three onwards of, of what I've played. I just think they kind of get the balance a bit better. And yeah, it's, it's just something vibes me with me better about those games. But um, for me, it's not, it's not, I, I wouldn't put it on my top 100. And I think it's a game that very much started a genre. Yeah. And did some new things. But it's also a game that has not aged well. I think this is its biggest issue. I think it really, at the time, was doing things that other games hadn't done before. But I don't think it's aged well. And that's why... I mean, for me, personally, it's not going to be on the list anyway. Because it's not... It's not a game that I really get a huge amount of enjoyment out of, but I think what prevents it from being on the very best games of all time is that, I mean, that camera, and it's just not very aged very well. So I'm going to say no as well. So that's a no from both of us. That's no, you can't come in. Not on our list today. <laughs> get out. Not having it. Out. And if Matthew Matosis is listening... Well, he isn't listening because he's on the phone. He's ready to, <laughs> he's ready to add into the conversation oh dear okay so that was a uh, devil may cry an interesting discussion probably um hopefully interesting to people that haven't played the game 
Um, maybe not as interesting if you're a pro at the game, and uh, we do apologise for that. Um, so what's coming up on the Long and Short of It podcast? Would you let us know? Open the curtains. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember what we agreed for the next one. I mean, it doesn't really matter because you've completed both of them recently, haven't you? So, Well, one of them I've not completed yet. One I have completed. Ah, and the one that you haven't completed yet is the one that I'm thinking is going to be next. Is that correct? Why don't, why don't we just reveal both of them? Oh, okay. and, so, uh... um, we're, we're still in the process of um, picking out the next few games as we've got the next game, one after that, one after that, and then we're at number 50, which is MGS3. Um, so I'm thinking next week or next time will be Braid, I think. Are you, are you all right with that? Yeah, yeah, fine with me. And then we've got another game in between that, and then we've got Celeste after that, and then MGS3. The other game we're thinking is probably going to be a Grand Theft Auto game. Um, but we haven't yeah. decided which one yet, whether it will be Chinatown Wars or Vice City. So we've got a couple of, um, well, a few, you know, a few biggish games coming up, some smaller ones as well. But yeah, next time should be Braid, I believe. Yes, letting you in on our workings there, our shoddy, <laughs> yes, shoddy, messy, rough workings. Yes, it's a, it's a professional outfit as ever. The polish that you've come to expect from us, I'd say. Well, yes, quite. And if you would like to contact this very professional outfit, you can get to us via the usual channels, which is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and via email at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com. Um, you know, just send us your thoughts, games that you'd like us to cover in the future, maybe. And, you know maybe we can have a little chat via email that'd be nice a little, little bit of a little bit of convo but in the meantime we've got braid coming next time is there anything else from you for now no i think that's it that's my thoughts wrapped up in a in a bow well it's a very nice bow as well we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time for braid take care and cheerio see you on the next one